0: Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word, truth for our lives. Help us not only to take this truth and apply it to our heads, but apply it to our hearts so that we might be those truth bearers as we live out the wonder of who you are in our lives. We love you, Father, and thank you so much for your faithfulness. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This morning as I was reading my devotions, I was reading in Ezekiel chapter 22. And there Ezekiel is prophesying because of the wickedness of the people. The nation Israel. And there Ezekiel says, I sought for a man to stand in the gap. Someone who would fulfill God's purpose. Someone who would lead God's people. Someone who would stand for righteousness. And the last part of that verse says, and I found none. None. We are living in a day and age in which each of us who know Jesus Christ as personal Savior need to be gap standers. We need to be people who are willing to recognize where our nation is, where our country is, where our culture is, and make sure that we are doing everything we can to live for righteousness. Nehemiah was that kind of person. Nehemiah received his brothers in chapter 1 and heard that the walls were burned and that they were down and that the people were living in ruin and there was much dissatisfaction among the people. He went to the king and told the king about his needs and the king dismissed him to the assignment that God had given to him. He organized the build. He organized the defense. He solved the pressure points of the people. Nehemiah was a gap stander. A gap stander just like you and I need to be. And I am going to call Nehemiah a point person because he was one who was willing to take on the assignment that God had given to him so that he could be the kind of person that God wanted him to be. Now you say that's great for Nehemiah. That's not me. I'm not that kind of point person. I'm not that kind of leader. I'm not that kind of individual who is willing to be front and center. I don't like the attention. I don't want anybody to notice me. I just want to live out my life as a quiet witness before God. Well, as we think about point people and as we think about leaders this morning, I think it's important for us to define what a leader is. And then we're going to look at what a leader does and we are going to see how it was carried out in Nehemiah's life. Now, I want to give you a simple one-word definition for leader. A leader is an influencer. That's what a leader does. A leader makes a difference in somebody else's life. And a good leader makes a positive difference in someone else's life. Now, we could add some words to that. We could say that a leader is one who wants to get someone else to do something. That's what leadership's all about, isn't it? Getting somebody else to do something. Or we could call a leader a model or an example. Now you say, well, that's not me. I just like to be in the background. I like to do things behind the scenes. I don't want to be noticed. My wife is like that. Connie is happy to do all of the cooking. She's happy to do all of the cleaning. She doesn't want anybody to notice her. And so when I use her for public illustrations, we many times have a conversation when I get home. But it's all good after 40 years we're still together, happily married, and so thankful God brought us to each other. But you know, as I look at Scripture, I see in Scripture the responsibility that each one of us has to be leaders. May I remind you of a few things? Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What does Jesus say? I want you to influence others. I want you to by your light Help others see the honor and glory and wonder of our God. That's what a leader does. And leader is an influence. We are to be influencers. May I remind you of Acts chapter 1. But you shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You could put the word leader in there. You could put the word influencer in there. You and I have the responsibility of influencing people for the cause of Jesus Christ where we are and under the rest of the world. That's why we partner with people like the Newkirks to help us do what we cannot personally do, to help us fulfill the assignment that God has given to us as His body. We are to be influencers. 1 Peter chapter 3. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. That means set Him apart as Lord. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments. And be ready always to give a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You and I are to influence people. We ought to live a life that is so different that people ask us about our lives. We ought to be sharing with young men. Our daily routine. I get up in the morning, I have my breakfast, I read my Bible. What's the Bible? You know the sad thing is there are people in the United States of America that may have heard the Word but have never seen the book. Set God apart, be ready to answer those who ask us a reason that hope. And do we have a reason for our hope? Do you have a reason for your hope? Does it make a difference in your life? Then we are to influence people with that. Then we are to share. Ephesians chapter 6. Fathers, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We are to influence those of our family towards spiritual things. Titus chapter 2. Older women are to teach the younger women. Older men are to teach the younger men. We are to be mentors. I saw a couple of T-shirts around today that says "Mentor: Be one, have one, or have one, be one." Terry, what's your T-shirt say? Stand up, will you? Mentor: Be one, have one, get one, be one. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. All right. I mean, that's that's to be part of our lives, right? And we are to make a difference in people's lives. And Titus tells us, show yourself in all respects to be a model, an influencer of good works, and in your teaching show integrity. All right? That, that's what we're supposed to do. So when we talk about leaders and we talk about leadership and we talk about influencing people, that's for all of us today. Now may I ask you, who are you trying to influence? Are you trying to influence your family, moms, dads? You trying to influence your kids, grandpa, grandmas? You trying to influence your kids, your grandkids, great grandpa, grandmas? You try. you trying to influence those you work with. You trying to influence those that you play with, you share with your neighbors. Each of us should be trying to influence someone. To make a difference in their lives for the honor and glory of our God, Amen. And that's what leadership is. So I don't want you to sit here to say this morning, say, "I don't want to be a point person." You are one. Now you may be a different kind of point person than I am. I'm kind of one of those guys that puts it all out front. That, that's just who I am. That's who God made me. You may be a little different than that, and that's okay because that's who God. How God made you. That's fine. But each of us are point persons. And we need to be influencers for the honor and glory of our God. Now, Nehemiah did that. And here in Nehemiah chapter 5, we discover the qualities that Nehemiah had in his life in order to effectively make a difference in other people's lives. Uh, this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand in honor to God's word. Will you please? And we're going to read beginning with Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 14, down through verse 19. You follow along in your copy of the scriptures. All right, here we go. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year of the 32nd year of Artaxerxes the king, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allowance of the governors, the former governors, who were before me, laid heavy burdens on the people and took from them their daily ration, 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants lorded lorded it over the people. But I did not do so because of the fear of, the, of God. I also persevered in the work on this wall, and we acquired no land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Uh, moreover, there were at my table 150 men, Jews and officials, beside those who came to us from the nations that were around us. Now what was prepared at my expense for each day was one ox and six choice sheep and birds, and every ten days all kinds of wine in abundance. Yet for all this, I I did not demand the food allowance of the governor, because the service was too heavy on the people. Verse 19, remember for my good, O my God. All that I have done for this people, may God add His blessing to the reading of His Word, as you and I take it and apply it to our hearts and live it out through our lives for His honor and His glory. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. I want you to look at the last part of verse fifteen. Will you please? Now I remind you that Scripture is not always written chronologically. God did not take someone's daily diary and put it in sacred script. But God used holy men of old, moved them by the Holy Ghost so that we could have the Word of God. And what we have here in chapter 5 in these verses is Nehemiah looking back over his life. You remember we talked about pressure points last week. And there were those who were complaining because they weren't having their needs met, and Nehemiah met those needs, and we talked about that, how God and his family met the needs of his people. Well, here Nehemiah looks back, and he says, for the past 12 years this is what has happened. And the last part of verse 15 says, but I did not do so because of the fear of God, I also persevered, verse 16, in the work on this wall. Nehemiah helps us understand something about leadership. If we are going to be the kind of leaders God wants to be, it begins with our spiritual lives. Biblical leadership is spiritual leadership. And Nehemiah says, it was the fear of the Lord that motivated me. It was my passion for God, my relationship with God, my knowledge of who God is that made me do the things that I did. You know, I wish I could say that of my life. I wish I could say that everything I did, I did because of the passion that I have for my God. I can't. But I should be able to. And Nehemiah said it was the fear of the Lord that motivated me and that is why I did what I did. Why does a a leader do what he does? There's some kind of foundation that he stands upon and Nehemiah stood upon the foundation of the fear of the Lord. He had a respect for and honor of and understanding that whether he ate or drank or whatsoever he did, he was to do all to the glory of God. The Westminster Catechism was written, written between 1646 and 1647. Catechism was designed to teach men and women, boys and girls, truth of Scripture. And it did that in a series of questions and answers. The second question that is asked in the Westminster Short Catechism is this, what rule has God given to direct us how to glorify and enjoy Him? Do you know the answer to that? What rule has God given to us to direct us how to glorify and enjoy Him? What is our rule of faith and practice? Huh? Right? The Bible. This is not complicated. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. Why? So that we might mature and grow thoroughly furnished into all good works. Alright? The answer is the Bible. So let me ask the question again. You respond with the answer, okay? Here we go. Question, what rule has God given to direct us how to glorify and enjoy Him? Very good. Okay. The third question is this, what do the Scriptures principally teach? The answer is, what man needs to believe concerning God and what his duty is toward God. What do we learn in this book? B-I-B-L-E. For that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. Uh, Very good. Okay. What is B-I-B-L-E? May I give you an acrostic? Basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what God has given to us. And that's what he wants us to learn in the book. So what do we have that teaches us how to glorify God? The Bible, all right? Now question one. Question one in the short catechism is this. What is the chief purpose of man? Why are we here anyway to glorify God and enjoy His presence forever? Amen? God placed us here so that we might glorify Him And frankly, in this life, we too can enjoy his presence. But he's going to take us home one day where we're going to get to enjoy him forever. Isn't that going to be a great day? What a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. I will look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. So what's the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy His presence. That's what it's all about, folks. That's what Nehemiah knew when he understood the fear of God in his life. He understood why he was here and he understood how to get to that. And if you and I are going to be point people, we need to start there. And understand that it is the fear of God, the reverence of God, the honoring of God in our lives, the passion for God from our lives that helps us fulfill the assignment God has given to us. Charles Stanley in his Life Principles Bible says this, Part of walking in the fear of God means that we watch carefully how we behave in front of those who do not yet know God. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. You see? We are to be spiritual leaders. Now, may I quickly share with you how Nehemiah did this? And it's a pattern for our lives. Nehemiah knew something about prayer. Nehemiah knew what, there are nine prayers, and I've said this before, recorded for us in the scripture, in Nehemiah. In the scriptures, there are over 2,000 references to prayer. There are 650 recorded prayers in the Bible, 450 recorded answers in the Bible. You think prayer is important? Jeremiah said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things which you know not. James says, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask selfishly. Prayer is important. You remember Jesus even taught his disciples a pattern for prayer? Remember that? We call it the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer really is in John 17, but we call this pattern that Jesus gave to His disciples the Lord's Prayer. Can we quote it this morning? Now, I know that there are a couple of different versions in this thing, so you quote the one that's familiar to you and we won't worry about it, all right? Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We ought to pray. How's your prayer life? We talked about that several weeks ago. How's your prayer life? How's your commitment to pray? I'm sure that one of the things Robert may have left out in his testimony to this young man, is a time of prayer. Because I think you do that. That's a good thing. All right, you've passed that one. All right, check. <laughs> J. Sidlow Baxter says this I care not what black spiritual crisis we may come through, or what delightful spiritual Canaan we may enter. No blessing of the Christian life becomes continually possessed unless we are men and women of regular, daily, unhurried, secret lingerings in prayer. You know, Satan doesn't care whether or not you believe in prayer. He only cares whether or not you pray. Think about that. Satan does not care whether or not you believe in prayer. He only cares whether or not you pray. Because if you believe it and don't do it, it's ineffective. Prayer. Not only do we see prayer in Nehemiah's life, but we also see that he lived a consistent life. Jump back, if you will, please, to verse 14. From the time I became governor, 20th year to the 32nd year, that's how many years, folks? How many years? Twelve. All right, it says so in the text if you'd have kept reading. For 12 years, I didn't do what the other governors did, even though I was entitled to it. I didn't take any land from people, even though I could have. I even persevered on the wall. I even kept building. I was there with folks. I rolled up my sleeves and I did the work that God called me to for 12 years. You know, consistency is so important in our Christian life. When I was a kid, I remember a song, I want to be more than a Sunday to go to meet Christian. I want a religion that saves me day by day. Saying amen to the preacher is fine. By the way, that'd be okay. If all the week I let my life shine, I want to be more than a Sunday-go-to-meeting Christian. You know, being a part-time Christian is kind of like being part-time pregnant. Either are you aren't. You ever hear the term inactive? What's an inactive Christian? I mean, think about it. It's either 24-7, 365, or it's not. And we are to be the examples, the model, the influences, the point people that are consistent in our Christian lives, just like Nehemiah was. Nehemiah lived a consistent life. Lastly, Nehemiah knew something about the Word. Turn very quickly to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Ezra was Nehemiah's contemporary. Ezra went back and rebuilt the temple. Nehemiah came up and rebuilt the wall. And they both did their assignment for the purpose of glorifying God and influencing God's people. So Nehemiah brings Ezra over, guest speaker. Verse 1, And all the people gathered as one man under the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Aaron, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the month. And he read from it, facing the square before the water gate, from early morning until midday, in the presence of men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. What are you thinking about right now? In Nehemiah's day, they were thinking about the word of the law. They were thinking about what Moses had given to them. They were thinking about truth that God had provided for them for their lives. That's what they were thinking about. Verse 4, and Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform. That's what this thing is. Wooden platform, right? So we're biblical. That they had made for that purpose. Jump down to verse 8. They read from the book from the law of God clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. Nehemiah knew that his greatest influence, in fact, the only influence that would last in people's lives was from that book. And so, Nehemiah reads and lives out the word from his life. That's what point people do. And that's how God used Nehemiah for his honor and glory. There are three other qualities that we want to get to very quickly this morning. Not only is spirituality necessary if we are going to be point people, and we all are point people, right? We've decided that this morning. We're all leaders in one way or another. Not only is there spirituality, but there's also integrity. Back to Nehemiah chapter 5. Nehemiah chapter 5, again the end of verse 15. But I did not do so. I did not do what the other governors did. The other governors extracted things from the people. The other governors, and we won't take time, but it's in the text, daily took from the people shekels of silver, they called it a ration for their own needs. They, daily, they took from the people their possessions. Uh, you'll remember that that was the complaint, that was the pressure point that we talked about earlier in chapter 5. And Nehemiah said, I didn't do that. I could have. I was entitled to it, but I didn't do that. Because I was a person that wanted to be seen with integrity before the people. What I said happened. And that is so important. And not only did he do that, he also persevered on the wall. He didn't say, hey, it's your job to lay these blocks. I'll just stand here and watch. I'm a supervisor. Don't you love driving down the highway, seeing a county truck, And you got one person doing the work and you got five people watching. Don't you love that? Now, they wouldn't be doing that if they weren't given that assignment. So I'm not putting down county county workers. But Nehemiah said, I got in there and I got my hands dirty just like everybody else. The rules for everybody else applied to me. And I could be a better point person, influencer, as people saw me doing stuff than I could out here directing people to do stuff. You've heard it said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. The only way for them to know how much you care is to go in and put your arms around them and help them to get a little dirty, to share in their lives and minister to them in a way that is tangible. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. He was a man lived with integrity. He had the highest standards that he could have. And he persevered in the work. He worked on the wall just like everybody. else. A good question to ask concerning your integrity is this, even though you can, should you? You're placed in a position of leadership. God has blessed you. But even though you can, should you? Robert, this is not a dart at you. Okay, This is not a dart at you. Look at me. This is not a dart at you. Okay? Since we have been in our news worship center since 1st of June, We have had the policy, no food or drink in the worship center. Robert, look at me. This is not a dart at you. Okay? Last week, I had to make a decision. you remember I had a very sore throat. And my decision is, should I, I shouldn't I bring a bottle of water into this place and drink it during the message if I need it? I'm preaching God's Word. I'm using my voice for the glory of God. I'm entitled. I chose not to. It was a conscious decision. I figured God could get me through the message without that. You didn't know. Look at me. This is okay. You're okay. This is all right. This is no big deal, all right? I have it in my notes. You want to see them? (laughs) Isn't that what it's all about, right? Being the best influencer you can. Not only did he show integrity in his life, he showed consistency, and we've talked about that. Twelve years, he was the kind of person that God wanted him to be. And lastly, he lived a life of generosity. Are you still in Nehemiah chapter 5? Nehemiah chapter 5. Verse 17. Moreover, there were at my table 150 men, Jews and officials beside those who came to us from the nations that were around. Remember, everybody came in to help build the wall. People were invited to share. Now what was prepared was prepared at my expense for each day. There was an ox, six choice sheep and birds, wine every ten days. Yet for all this I did not demand the food allowance of the governor because the service was too heavy for the people. Why? Because I wanted to serve the people. I had it. God gave it to me. What God has given to me I use for him. That's pretty generous, isn't it? And that was Nehemiah's leadership life. That was Nehemiah's stand in the gap life. That was Nehemiah's example to the people of how to reach out and touch someone for the glory of God. Nehemiah was generous. Robert, I am so thankful that you are willing to take a 35-hour plane ride and then a 20-hour bus, and that may be stretching it, four-by-four ride to go and minister to people. Thank you. That's very generous. I'm sure that you could send the film. But you know what generosity does? Generosity reaches out and touches lives. And that's what Nehemiah did. 150 plus can you imagine what that table looked like? And that's exactly what he did for the honor and glory of God. There may be a little concern that verse 19 is selfish. Nehemiah says, remember for my good, O my God, all that I have done for this people. You know, the reality is God keeps the final records and he doesn't forget And Nehemiah knew that in the final analysis, it wasn't the numbers he had in his bank account, it wasn't the house in which he lived, it wasn't even the construction job that he had completed. Nehemiah knew in the final analysis that it was God who kept the records. And it was God who was going to say, well done thou good and faithful servant. And it was God who was going to honor him. And that's all that mattered. Nehemiah didn't care what other people thought. He cared what God thought. Amen? And Nehemiah was a point person for the honor and glory of our God. Nehemiah was a gap scander. Folks, I don't know about you, but I'm concerned about our country. I listened to the candidates, and I know the election is more than a year away. But wouldn't it be great if we had a candidate that was a gap for the glory of God? A candidate that was spiritual? A candidate that lived with integrity? A candidate that was consistent? A candidate that lived a life of generosity? Because he knew that in the final analysis, he was doing it for God, not for men. We may not have that kind of candidate, I don't know. But God does have those kind of people, and that's us. We're point people. We're leaders. We're influencers. We're models. We're examples for the honor and glory of our God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word, truth for our lives. Father, use us. Father, develop in us the character of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, conform us to the image of him so that we might live out his life in a lost world that needs to know him as personal Savior and your love as you sent your Son to be that Savior of the world. Thank you, Father, for this morning. This time we can share. Thank you for your love. Jesus' name. Each of us comes to a decision point now. Right? We've been confronted with the word. I trust that it's been done in such a way that it's been an encouragement to you. But I trust the spirit of God has taken it and used it in your life as he's used it in mine. And now we're at a decision point. And a lot of times we just sing that little us. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, and it's a lifetime decision. No turning back.